It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos, and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1 800 858 858. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Joining us, uh, another doyen of New Zealand cricket, uh, Leslie Murdoch, who's just been appointed president of New Zealand cricket. Congratulations and good morning. Morena, thank you, Ricardo. Pretty yeah. exciting. Uh, very exciting, Leslie. I mean, uh, how far out um, from the from the uh, being elected was was this in pr- uh, this process going on for you, and uh, what is that process? Well, I got a call from the now chair uh, of. NZC Martin Sneddon about would be 14 months ago where New Zealand Cricket had decided to reenact the vice presidency role and asked if I would be prepared to occupy that role. It's um, nominated by the board and voted on through the AGM process and with the view of becoming president but it's always um, at the end it is always voted in by the, um, the major associations, the district associations, all those who get a vote at the AGM. So it was always going to be a process, but I certainly had you know, a bit of time to come to grips with what it is, and I've been grateful for that because I've been able to sit in on NZC board meetings and understand just what a big business it is. Yeah, it is. It's a massive business, and I see, I mean, you know, there's some great news out of, uh, out of New Zealand cricket you know the the surplus that they turned for last year when you know they were budgeting a loss, and obviously with the, with the impact of COVID and thing, that's that's great to see. So it looks like the management of the game is in is in good hands. Um, I mean, you, you sat in on those board meetings and you, you've had a look at how the job works. I mean, can you, from somebody sitting on the outside looking at what what does the president of New Zealand Cricket do? What are your roles? What are your responsibilities? Well, it, it's um, it probably a couple of adjectives come to mind for me anyway. It's ceremonial and it's representative and and while I might sit around the table I certainly don't have a vote you know the, the directors of New Zealand cricket uh, go through an appointment process and uh, excellent actually and so I'm, I'm just sitting around there and I guess I'm a nod to the heritage of the game in a lot of ways and you know it, I, I do get opportunities to talk but really I'm I'm there as a, a yeah, representative of New Zealand cricket rather than Decision making, shall we say? Yeah, right. So the decision making comes from the board or from from David White. Absolutely. I mean, how does that, how does that relationship work? Well, I think the governance of of anything is done by the board and the CEO and and the management team enact that. So um, Martin said, and they're a very hard working board, extremely hard working. I think anybody who's been in the sports business, well, any business through COVID, in fact, has been we all know really really tough. And they've had to be, um, you know, they've probably doubled their workload, I would imagine, over that time. And 
you know, your sport has to continue. You know, my love of sport, obviously, I've played at the highest level, but I mean, I have a huge amount of admiration for the volunteers who continue to do work in the club level, and you know, that's not an easy place to be. You know, marry that up into the high performance area and um, that pathways that are available for both men and women, boys and girls, is fantastic. You know, for cricketers these days, and you only have to look back to August where. New Zealand Cricket announced that there was going to be same pay, same play on the same day for the white fern cricketers and match it up with the black caps. So, you know, it's a pretty exciting time to be involved with those kind of remits happening. And you look, I think it was about 10 days ago, the BCCI, the Border Control for India, announced that their woman would, would get the same deal. And, and, you know, to see that happening around the world and the fact that New Zealand did that, it, it's just really gratifying. Yeah, and, uh, you know, New Zealand, uh, in terms of sport in general, has, has tended to be to the forefront of, of the evolution of of sport and to the uh, equality in sport as well. I mean, you're the second female president we've had and, and back-to-back female presidents, and that, I think, says a lot about the approach to sports governance and sports in New Zealand in the last probably, what, five, six years. Uh, it's really gone forward at a rapid rate of knots, hasn't it? Oh, it absolutely has, and and all for the right reasons as well. It's not just um, tokenism. I, I, you know, I actually really hate myself for even saying that word. But you know, we are half the population, mm. and you know, the fact that people want to play whatever sport they choose, and they get the same opportunities to be the best that they can be. I mean, that's that's the mantra that I've always operated under, and it's just so wonderful to see it happening with so many different sporting codes and. You know, why shouldn't that happen? You know, you have a, a couple of children yourself, a boy and a girl, you want them to have the same opportunities. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, we, we saw the Women's Cricket World Cup, which obviously didn't go exactly how we wanted it on the field or off the field with the COVID restrictions and things and not being able to fill the stadiums. But it has been the first of a, of a number of uh, tournaments that we've had here hosted in New Zealand, the Rugby World Cup currently going on. Next year, we've got the you know the FIFA Women's World Cup co-hosted uh, with Australia. Tickets are selling uh, in like huge numbers, I think, uh, you know, for the US Netherlands game in the FIFA World Cup in Wellington, that's already sold out, sold out in half an hour. Uh, I mean, we're seeing unprecedented interest in women's sport. Yeah, because people appreciate, you know, it's a different game from what the men play. You know, going back to the Women's Cricket World Cup, I just think it was amazing that Andrea Nelson and her team got that up and running on behalf of the ICC in New Zealand. And I think if you looked at the New Zealand cricket books, you would see that it, it did make a profit, which is amazing. And the fact is, while it was through COVID, even the final, we were able to have a full house in at Hagley Oval. And I think that, again, speaks volumes for what what was able to happen in those really extraordinary times. And then the viewing figures came out and, and the digital figures came out for that Women's Cricket World Cup and they were massive. It was something like 1.6 billion digital views, which is huge. The viewing figures were amazing, millions of those. And all in a time frame, given that we're at the bottom of the world, and you know, which would not make it always enticing to watch, but clearly you know, the, the um, power of India... And what that has for the game, and not just the women's game, but um, you know what it means to cricket overall globally. It, it's massive, but I think you know it's indicative that people will watch a women's sporting match for and, and appreciate the skills that are on show for what they are, and not not compare them. And they don't need to be compared, but 
but it is attractive viewing, very attractive viewing. Yeah. And look, the other thing is about the presidency, I'm not just there for the women's cricket side of things. I'm just so stoked to be there looking at the black cats, looking at the white coons. You know, our domestic program is, um, I think, going gangbusters, really, in the, the major associations, the Hawke Cup. You know, for uh, district associations, it's, uh, he- you know, keenly fought. I think it's just gone from Hawke's Bay and it's down in, with Canterbury Country at the moment, but like the, the Ramfurly Shield. So there's so many components as there is in any sport. But, you know, it's, you know, you've got to keep working at it. And as I mentioned just a, a few minutes ago, the, the grassroots is dear to my heart. What would you like your uh, your legacy to be from your presidency of New Zealand's cricket? What are, what are you looking at and going like this? Is where I really want to make a difference. Well, I think that we we need to ensure that club land is secure for the future, and I would like to think that you know we can give resources to that, and and New Zealand cricket has done that for this coming season, and we just continue to grow the game and give young people an opportunity to experience it, have fun, really enjoy it and come back for more. And, you know, it's simple, but, you know, it's not without its challenges. But that's what I would like to see more young people get involved in the sport just for because it's a healthy thing to do more than anything else. And then they'll get hooked like me and they'll love it for life. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, with the new generation or the, the, the current generation, the younger generation that you want to engage, obviously, you know, different distractions, lots more sports than, say, when you and I were younger growing up. You know, that was it was very much two or three sports. But now uh, there's all sorts plus digital devices, all sorts of things going on. How much do you think the game needs to change at that club level in terms of what's on offer to attract those younger people to be involved? Oh, look, I think it is changing and people are being reactive to what the needs are for young people. You look at the um, the, the brand new Smash Play, which is actually being rolled out for years um, five to seven at the moment, that will progress through to the next age group and then into schools and that's a big area we all know you know for the health of the nation that we need to get into the schools and stop that decline of physical activity and and I think that um, clubs have been very good at introducing the, the shorter form of the game and offering it during the week as well and the business house tournaments the ethnicities that are playing the game now is just fantastic we, we all know you know the subcontinent's um, passion for the game and it's recognising that and offering um, different ways of playing it on different days and I think that, that Clubland is adjusting to that. Mm, yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a needs must, but it's good to see that they're they're embracing it and and looking and at engaging people on their level and and with the amount of you know time management and things that people have these days as well. I think that needs to be taken into account. And so speaking of time management, Leslie, with with your new job as the president of New Zealand Cricket, how's that going to impa- impact on your commentary gigs? Well, you know, I'll, I'll just um, see what the requirements are and just work around it like anyone else. And look, you know. Playing sport is, you know, it's a, well, it certainly captured me. And, and from a healthy perspective, I just think we have to give that message out there that, you know, while people have got time constraints, in the end, if you're a volunteer and you're, you're administ- helping administer a club or you're taking a junior team, I mean, there's nothing better than, than feeling that. Um, I know whenever I've coached little people in their teams, you, you just get such a good feeling in, in doing it. And it's not a hard thing rather than, you know, sitting around home or, you know, moping about and thinking, you know, what about the inflation? Well, you know, I think we live in a really good country. 
we're very lucky with what we've got and we should just get out and enjoy the opportunities that we have. <laughs> That's my sermon for this morning. No, I like it. I like it, Leslie. It's a great sermon. Hey, I don't know if you got the opportunity to uh, to read it, but I'm keen to get your thoughts on it. Guy Havelt, uh, who we have on as a guest uh, once a week uh, on our panel to, to talk different topics, wrote a great piece for uh, TV1 News in which he talked about this T20 World Cup, and much like myself, T20's not his favourite form of the game, uh, but the way that this T20 World Cup has gone has made him feel like, you know, maybe this is the first nail in the coffin of ODI cricket. In terms of supporting three formats with the amount of cricket that is played, do you think he might be onto something there? I'm not sure about that. And, and, and differing between the men's and the women's um, future tours programme, where the men's is pretty chocker, let's not forget that, and, and they you know, with the emergence of those T20 leagues as well. But I think, especially in the women's game, I don't think 50-over cricket will, will um, decline in that respect. But, you know, that that's sort of out of my league in terms of decision-making. I've always had a soft spot for the 50-over game because I think it's a nice segue from the longer form, which people love as well, into the T20, which is, you know, like your instant gratification, if you like. And I just think that... ODI's 50 overs gives you that ability if you're a batter to um, put an innings together you know that it requires if you're bowling or the captain you know field placings all those kind of things I wouldn't like to see it go but you know that in the end there'll be commercial decisions around that but that, that won't be for me to make those decisions. No I appreciate your time Leslie. thanks very much for, you, for giving us your thoughts and giving us your time and uh, congratulations once again on the presidency and uh, wish you all the best with it well, Ricardo, thank you. And I just want to say um, to the Black Ferns, all the very best against England on Saturday. You know, our eyes will all be glued. Indeed they will. And there's nothing better than beating the Poms, is there, Leslie? It's, um, it's a nice feeling to, to win a World Cup, that's for sure. Yeah, indeed. Good stuff. Thank you very much. Go well. OK, thank you. Bye. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Maccas, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.